Captain on deck. Greetings from inside the simulacra. Captain Hicks here. Going to take a journey to the rebel moon. Now I've heard so much about this rebel moon. So much, some negative, mostly negative, couple positive. And uh, what what got me is, um, you know, uh, Doomcock was talking about uh, breaking it down. And from a, a standpoint where my wife made a great comment she said well he just hates disney so much he wants to like something else so the take the you know take the attention the uh, uh you know the the attraction to disney just to diminish it even more and i think there's some truth to that but rebel moon is one of those like perfect master class of why modern storytelling is terrible filmmaking is terrible um but then there's some it's like you're you're eating you're you're at this buffet and that buffet it's got some it's got it's got you know it's got some good uh, carving you know roast beef over there or carved turkey or something like that and so you know everything else which is just slung together and sloppy messy terrible um, you kind of deal with it because there's a couple there's a couple moments in Rebel Moon uh, cinematically, visually, that are just stunning, and uh, I have to give it has at least four moments that are just visually, and that's Zack Schneider's wheelhouse. I mean, the visuals in Three Hundred, in Watchmen, um, in Batman versus Superman, and and that first Superman movie. There's some really good visual. The guy is a science fiction savant. When it comes to the visual aspects of the medium, and I, and a lot of people hated um, Justice League. They hated the 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 Wheaton uh, version of Justice the uh, that that version because Zack Schneider had a tragedy in his life and he had to get off that film. But then the Schneider cut came out, and that was that was a far better version. Some of the the stuff in the alternate universe from Justice League was just beautiful it was brilliant really interesting i want to see that movie <laughs> i want to see that that movie where where superman is the antagonist and working for the man and and you got the batman and the the rebel alliance i loved all that that was great i, I want to see that but zach schneider is one of those he likes he's a deconstructionist right he likes to deconstruct the existing story and reconstruct it in his own uh nihilistic dark manner and it, it worked it, it worked in in quite a few films but for this one this is one where i just feel like gosh this is star wars a new hope with done by disney so what if what if in 1977 it was we were in the culture wars and and disney was you know the you know was the most woke company in the in the world and in 77 they made a new hope what would have happened well luke would not have been luke luke would have been leia right i mean luke would have been a female it would have been a mary sue girl boss and kind of like ray right so if you, I think of this as a new hope that is 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 DEI and is woke and is you know virtue signaling and all that, and um, 
the and then that meets seven samurais and which seven samurais is like literally they should they should talk about that as you know like the joseph campbell model that's like the antithesis of that model and and i love those kind of stories and in, in comics and television and movies where you're adding in those specialists, those great warrior specialists. Those are fun movies. So they take Seven Samurais and a Disney version of A New Hope, and they mash it up and they put it in a in a uh, in a in a buffet at Reno. And there's some good stuff, some good stations, some bad stations, mostly bad stations. It starts really good. I really like the beginning of this film. I'm going to try to not have any spoilers. But I really like the setup at the beginning. And there's a lot of elements that really, really work. And then when it moves into the second act, that's when things just start like, oh my God. That is, she, they're basically on Tatooine. And oh, they're in the cantina. And oh, they meet Han Solo. <laughs> it's just like, what? What? You you cannot you can't you can't just like blatantly and even the little the 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 small moments in the set piece these other it's just it's such a blatant it's plagiar it's like a buffet of plagiarism at the beginning of that movie the whole movie is and then it starts going into the Seven Samurai you know part of the film zero character development zero charisma from the lead the lead has is the exact same isoka face i call it it's just this frowny stoic woman that has no expressions um just not likable you cannot connect to that character kind of reminds me of denzel's kid in the creator just not a likable you know, protagonist. You got to have a protagonist that you're rooting for and you like and you want to get behind. This character does not embody that in any way. And then even the characters that we bring on. Now, there's a couple good characters. There's a couple really good scenes in this film when when we're bringing on some of the. Uh, I love I love the scene. Uh, I think her name is. Invictus. I forgot the name of the Japanese. The Japanese character. There's a Japanese character. And she's a badass, and she's the one everybody sees in the trailer that has the uh, the supposedly you know the lightsabers, <laughs> and uh, the uh, uh, this this particular character is really well you know, designed from a visual standpoint, but there's no, there's no depth to these characters. Um, but I do love that actress. She was in cloud Atlas and I'm a massive cloud Atlas fan. It's, it's taken me, it took me a couple of viewings and then I had to read the book and I've, 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 I've studied cloud Atlas and I, I do think that is on par with the matrix films on, on, on what a, uh, um, if you understand how difficult that movie was to make and all the different performances, that's an acting masterclass, what happened in Cloud Atlas. And she she was a big part of that. She she actually she played a man in one of the scenes. She did a, she, she did such a good what was her name? Bay uh, Duna. 
and she played Nemesis in in Cloud Atlas or in in in, uh, in Rebel Rebel Moon. But her scene was just tremendous. So when they're when they're gathering the 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 you know the League of Extraordinary People uh, in this film, those there's some good moments and. Doomcock was right in the fact that it feels like a film, well, it's half a film. You can't make a film with a first part and a second part when it's an original concept, where we're just trying to get to know these characters. It's kind of like Dune. Now, Dune, Dune, we had Frank Herbert, we got, we had 70 years to get familiar with Dune, right? So, they did a little creative license in the first part, second part, right, with a new... And, but there had been other movies, so people were familiar with the uh, content. This, this is this is virgin territory. This is this is the origin of this story ever being told. So to just go part one, part two—that is the insanity of Hollywood now. It's just the greed. It's just trying to make these. They they're trying to get a franchise from something that hasn't even taking one step in the water. They're trying to swim before they learn how to swim. They're trying to jump off the deep end. And that's that's the the egotism of these studios and thinking that, that they can just create that that way. You make one good film, and if that one good film works, make another one. But this setting up for the sequels and setting up for part one, part two is... is a fallacy, especially this year, the year where everybody is finally waking up and saying, okay, we're tired of reboots. We're tired of sequels. We're tired of the same old, same old. We're tired of just taking classic characters, gender swapping, race swapping. Let's do some original content. That's good. Let's do diverse original content. Great. Let's do that. But the way this was done was just pathetic. It really was. Pathetic to the point where I'm not going to say this is not one of the worst movies of the year. I have a list of 35. <laughs> this is the longest worst movie list I've ever had in my life. This is not one of the worst movies because I watched the whole movie and there were some redeeming parts of it. It's really sad when you can't get behind the antagonist. Um, I really like um, Michael Hoosman. I really like that actor. Uh, I, I think he's gonna make it play. He's gonna play. Uh, he's gonna play a big some big roles in the future. Um, I love the actor that plays Titus um, Jimon. He is such a good actor. I loved him in the island. I loved him in um, what was that one with a uh, Matthew McConaughey. Where they, um, there was, it was a Spielberg movie where there was a slaver ship and he was the lead on that. And they were trying to decide if they were property or not. That was a brilliant film. The guy, the guy, oh, and he was in, uh, he was in Gladiator. I mean, come on. This guy, this guy has had a great career. He, he is the best actor in the whole damn movie in my book. He's the only one that emotes a little bit of motion uh, other than, um, uh, Hoosman's Gunner character, and I did like I did like Bade uh, Duna. So there's some characters I like and some characters I didn't like. Uh, the heavy and the and the whole universe of the heavy, the mother world universe uh, um, group, the um, 
the tyrant, um, the empire, basically the empire. It's pretty interesting. I think it's kind of a cross between Nazis and Harkonnens with a splash of the empire. And um, nothing original. There's nothing original in the, the... There may be a couple creatures that are original. But even those are kind of a... a there's a couple... There's a couple... There's one in the bar that's a really interesting new creation creature. There's one that one of the uh, extraordinary people uh, uh, has an encounter with that's an interesting creature. There's a couple interesting new creatures. But for the most part, it's just, again, plagiarism buffet on steroids. Um, but I did watch the whole thing and I did enjoy it to some degree. So I would say it's like, it's like a C minus it's a C minus, but it's, it's sad because this could have been a really, if they had a really good, believable protagonist, if they developed the characters, Doomcock said that he there was a third of this movie was edited, and what they edited out is all of the character development. You, it's it's it's. I remember Matt Stone was talking about on a video. It's like the worst thing in modern storytelling is they do this thing where it's like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then they are stacking these. Uh, events on top of each other and calling that a story that's not how good storytelling works you don't just stack like bricks on top of each other without any mortar in between and the mortar trey stone and 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 uh, parker and stone what they talk about is those bricks have got to have mortar in between them and you've got to say this happens and then and then because of that this happens. And then because of that, there's causality between the scenes, between the setups, the set pieces, the beats. you got to have that. And then because, and because, 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 all the way down, and it links the story together. This is the antithesis of what they talk about, that... Um, it's not linked together. And there's and then there's there's no buy-in because even though there's some cool stylistic things and you're 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 down for that. And there's some cool characters and there's some good actors in there, but it's not it's 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 not it's not cohesively connected together because it's just it's it's hollow. And it, it, it's the the plagiarism buffet. And if 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 they had that character development this could have been a really, really good movie. If this was one movie, not a part one and part two, I'd like to see a re-edit where you take the part one and part two, make it one film, and then add in character development. Add in all of that. Less special effects. more Because that's what made Star Wars. It was the interaction between Luke and Leia and Han. Star Trek. Bones. Spock. Kirk. It's all, and the differences and how they all balanced each other out. And the holdovers, you know, Hunnam, Angus, and Mary. And how they all kind of become one organism because of their their differences and their similarities. And so that's what this misses. It has, it misses all humanity. It has, it has, it has no heartbeat. It is 
a um, it is a benign abstract construct that takes that steals from all the great science fiction and not so great science fiction like Kroll, you know, like Battle Beyond the Stars, you know. I think that's what uh, Chris Gore was saying. It was like he was he was equating this to Battle Beyond the Stars, and. It is. It's like cheesy 80s bad sci-fi that has a big-ass budget. And it's it's sad because you want to escape and you want to enjoy. Uh, and and I would agree, this is, I, I, don't, I wouldn't, I, I, I probably at the beginning I called it woke. It's really not woke. It's really not woke. It's, it's diverse. Diversity is good. We need diversity. Uh, that, that, that brings out so much more of the human condition because it's not just all one perspective. It's many different perspectives. And it's, it doesn't have that angry, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't have that angry, you know, messaging. It doesn't have, it doesn't, but it does have, it does have the Mary Sue girl boss thing. So it kind of will get thrown into that, but I wouldn't say it's, it's 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 laden with agenda or anything like that. No, no, it's it, it gets thrown in that category because it's it's uber diverse, but it shouldn't be. It really isn't. It's just bad storytelling. <laughs> it's just that's 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 and and it, and it could have been really really good. I really wish this could have been the best. Um, this could have been the best of the Star Wars Disney movies by far. I think um, if they just would have done the Matt Stone, Trey Parker uh, masterclass or maybe a Robert McKee masterclass, they could have salvaged this thing. Um, it's and I and I think Zach, Zach Schneider when he has like people are coming back and saying, you know what? That Watchmen was a tremendous movie. I think The Watchmen was his best movie ever. Um, and I loved 300, but was it really... It was more like a vignette. It was really... It was like a novella. It really wasn't a full movie. Um, but I loved 300. It, but, it, 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 you know, it, it had some story. Visually, though... It was probably one of the the best movies ever at that point in time. It was like Matrix Bullet Time. What he was able to do with those visual effects is just brilliant, brilliant. So I'm a big, you know, I'm a Schneider fan. I, I think you got to go all the way back to um, Dawn of the Dead. I've always thought that that was the best. The, his version of Dawn of the Dead with uh, James Gunn writing it. That was the best zombie movie ever made. So Zack Schneider has chops. I just really wish they wouldn't have sold out and tried to um, make this into a franchise out the gate, develop it, and then it could have it, it had potential. At some point, I'm going to uh, use the new technology in 50 years and recut this movie myself. So hey, thanks for listening, and never forget to 